All right, playmakers, big news. The 2023 version of my What's Working in the Indoor Play Industry Guide is here. To learn about exactly what is working best right now for real-life currently operating indoor playground owners, head to the show notes to download my fully updated free guide. That's right. Even if you've downloaded one of my What's Working guides in the past, you will not want to miss this new version made specifically with what's trending and fresh for 2023 in mind. Head to the show notes for the direct link or go to michellecarawana.com slash what's working to get the guide in your inbox right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Good morning, Playmakers, and happy Friday. I'm so excited for this episode because I have a very special guest expert interview to share with you. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll already know that I recently visited Sweet Charlotte's in Buffalo, New York, and I had the chance to sit down with owner Molly Pittman and talk all about her business story, her different revenue streams, what advice she has for somebody getting into this industry or for anybody looking to pivot. So I absolutely love Molly's story and her business is incredible. So of course, I'm going to let Molly tell you her story and her own words. I wouldn't even be able to begin to do it justice, but just to give you a little preview, Molly has been open for 11 years and when she originally opened, she was strictly open play and parties. And then a couple years in, she decided to add preschool. And now seven years later, she has over 70 students and now she's bringing back open play and parties now that the pandemic is over and she feels a lot more comfortable doing so. So I'm really excited for you to hear this story. I got so many takeaways. Molly is just so brilliant and so compassionate, and she really leads her business with such purpose. So if you follow my YouTube channel, I also have this interview in video format. So if you're more of a visual person or you want to actually see Molly in her space, I'm going to go ahead and link that in the show notes. And I'm also posting a full behind-the-scenes tour of Sweet Charlotte's, which is, again, the name of Molly's business. So if you want to see all of her different classrooms, her her gross motor play structure, her party room, all that good stuff, I'm going to link to that tour on YouTube as well. It's definitely one you don't want to miss. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Molly Pittman. All right. Hi, it's Michelle, and I am here with Molly Pittman from Sweet Charlotte's. We are in Buffalo, New York, so this is a hometown visit, so you know it's already one of my favorites. So do you want to start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your business, what you guys offer, and how it all came about? Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. Um, I'm Molly O'Malley Pittman. Most people in the area know me as Miss Molly, especially the kids. So it's a name that uh, I really admire. Um, This business was founded 11 years ago, actually a little bit prior to that, in that we started with a puzzle piece shaped lollipop to help support autism awareness. Um, My now 20-year-old 
was diagnosed when he was two and our daughter Charlotte was just two months old, um, diagnosed with autism. And uh, it, it took him some time and a lot of work to be able to find his words. And um, part of that success was because of his sister really being his biggest cheerleader and fan. And uh, we wanted to give her some credit for being the awesome sibling that she is. So that is why our business is called Sweet Charlotte's. The lollipop was named for her, autism being our cause, and Charlotte being just, again, a great sibling. So that puzzle piece lollipop um, served uh, well in being a presence in the community, um, talking about our young journey with Donovan as any special needs parent um, comes across very many roadblocks and uh, we found success in advocating uh, for the services that he needed. We felt compelled to share our story with other families um, to give them support. Awesome, and I can certainly relate to that. And we have already shared like several tiers since I've been here, we're already in like hour two. So um, we have so many different points of connection. So I'm already absolutely in love with your business and your mission, of course. So I know you mentioned that your business started 11 years ago. Have you always been in this space or is it? We've always been okay. in this space, yes. So the Lollipop was a wonderful introduction to a brand new type of um, entrepreneurship for my husband and I. I sold real estate for 10 years um, and I knew I needed to do something to create a, a bigger impact and um, honestly uh, help to support the family. So we found this space that was actually vacant at the time and needed a ton of uh, modifications. And the um, immediate vision was to find a space that parents with children of all abilities could come and be safe and comfortable. I always felt like I had special needs playgroups for Donovan and other playgroups for Charlotte, but nowhere that as a young mom, I could just go and, and be received. Absolutely. And we also did a full tour of Sweet Charlotte. So I know we're only showcasing a tiny corner of the space. So I'm going to link the full tour in the description of this video. So we're going to talk about a lot of different facets of her business. But if you'd like to see it for yourself, and again, the full tour and all of those different modifications and her party room and her um, other classrooms and things like that, check out the tour because it's definitely one of the best spaces and my favorite spaces I've ever been to. And I love what you said about children of all abilities being able to enjoy the space. I brought my eight-year-old with me today and he has been busy for this whole two-hour endeavor. So um, it just goes to show you that anybody would be able to play and find joy in this space. So I know you mentioned that you have a lot of different streams of revenue and a lot of different services that you offer for the community. What would you say is your main focus right now? Right now, it's making sure that uh, we have all the supports and services that we need in our preschool program. Okay. Um, it's just really important, especially coming off of the unfortunate pandemic, that we have a, a positive and safe place for all these children to have that very basic um, introduction to social uh, socializing and creating relationships. Awesome. And you mentioned in the tour video that you started as an open play facility. When did you make the transition to offering preschool? Uh, and that was uh, an organic um, involvement, if you will. We started with, again, just open play um, and then birthday parties, which for a very long time was 
um, what we were known for. Uh, the preschool started seven years ago, and it was really just an inquiry from a mom who was coming into play um, and did enjoy her time here in this space. We started with six children, and we now have 78. That's amazing. So how long have you been doing preschool? Just seven. so we get an idea. Yeah, seven years. Seven years? Okay, awesome. So I know you mentioned that that's your primary focus right now, but you also mentioned that you're going to be getting back into parties and open play. So can you talk a little bit about how those services are going to work together? So for example, are you going to be allowing open play during preschool hours and how do you expect that um, to look? Are there going to be different spaces? Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. Um, prior to the pandemic, uh, we were doing it all. We had the open play, we had the birthday parties, we had the preschool, and it was a lot, and it was a lot to orchestrate and manage. Um, blessed for that opportunity to grow the business, um, but it was a little bit uh, hard to, to manage it all as well as we would have liked to. So um, we limited our services to the preschool and put out a statement to the community saying that we were no longer doing birthday parties or play. And we did that in, in making sure that we could um, keep everybody healthy and safe. Uh, as soon as we sent that email out, a space adjacent to the preschool um, became available and we saw that opportunity to bring that back to the community. Um, we were getting a lot of inquiries as to when and we were going to pick it back up and why we hadn't done so yet. So we felt a responsibility. So the very good news is that the preschool will stay intact as is. And we will have a brand, we do have a brand new space for those parties and those open play services. Um, yes, we will allow for open play during the same time as the preschool. There may just be some quirks that we have to work out, making sure that um, like the indoor playground space can be utilized by all parties as well. Absolutely. So how will it look like from a staffing perspective? So will there be a preschool staff and then an open play staff, or will they all be kind of um, filling multiple roles in your business. We will have a preschool staff okay. and we will have a, a party in place. Awesome. So when it comes to kind of building your dream team and hiring, how do you go about that? Do you look for a good culture fit, people that are passionate about anything specific? Um, passionate, first and foremost. Passionate, committed to making a difference. Somebody that has the understanding that what we are doing is a major undertaking. Um, it's very hard work, but the most rewarding in that we get to witness beautiful miracles together every day. Um, I can proudly say that almost my entire staff is composed by um, former preschool parents, uh, moms who have put their children through the preschool program. And um, we've just connected in a way that it made sense for them to stay on. Um, many of them have special needs children as well. So they are able to come from it uh, from a professional perspective and a personal as well. And that's very important to me. Um, in addition to the former preschool moms, my sister and one of my closest friends works here with me. So I've been very fortunate that I've never had to solicit for employment. Um, I'm a person that believes in everything is the way that it's meant to be. And uh, they've just all come into my life for the perfect reason. I have a a strong team here of passionate, beautiful, dedicated people. And some of those passionate, beautiful, dedicated people um, include volunteers that we get through different school districts. They come in with job coaches. Um, we've had young adults with Down syndrome, um, with CP, with autism, including my adult son who has found his place here 
working in the preschool as a teacher's aide. And that in itself is rewarding to have created a space that he feels like he belongs. That's amazing. So just a quick logistics question. And again, we shared tears over that previously because it's such a beautiful thing that you're doing and that you're creating, not just for the students, but also for the community and the parents. But just a quick logistical question before we get more into that. When you said that a lot of the people that you hire end up coming as parents from the preschool, do you allow them to have children enrolled at the time they're teaching or are those parents who whose children have kind of graduated and moved along? Um, we have had two or three situations where the kiddos um, have been enrolled in the preschool program. Um, we try to make it so that they're not in the same classroom. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's really situation dependent. But yeah, we want to make sure that we are here to support our parents as well. Um, so that's part of what we want to empower them and make that one of the greatest perks is that they can be here and their family still comes first. Absolutely. So when it comes to, you know, accommodating parents and children of all abilities, why do you feel that parents choose your preschool over the other options in the area? Or what are some things that you hear most commonly from parents that they love about your programs? We individualize every single thing that we do for every single child. Uh, we really, truly meet them where they are at. We look at what their skill sets are, what their interests are. So if a child loves the color red, we'll present to them all the activities where they can choose all the fun things that are red. If they need sensory input and we will create a schedule where they can go on the trampoline and jump for 10 times and then come back to the group. So we really try to get as much information from the parents, um, strong line of communication, what works for you, what works for your child. And in turn, we'll be able to say to them when they go into a, a you know, kindergarten, um, this is what we've learned about your child. And we're gonna help to make that transition easy for you, um, easier for you. We really believe that everybody that comes here is a family member in our life. So another quick logistics question. Sure. So, because I know everybody's going to be wondering, so about your preschool program, is it a half day or a whole day program? Uh, right now we're operating as a half day program. We've really um, come to learn that that's what most of the kids um, are, their endurance level, if you if you will. And we still have a lot of young ones that, you know, moms and dads really do enjoy and appreciate some of that time that they can still have with them. Yeah, so um, can you talk a little bit about what ages you accommodate with your program? Because I saw on your website that you, you have a couple different age groups. Yeah, we start with our two-year-olds and we go all the way up to four and five-year-olds. So we have a two-year-old program, three-year-old, four-year-old, and then a kindergarten readiness program. Awesome. So um, I know you touched on this multiple times already, but as a mom of an autistic child who really struggled with preschool, especially because we were kind of in the diagnosis phase, his diagnosis was delayed pretty far out because of the pandemic and there was wait lists and things like that. So are there any parts of your programming specifically other than making sure you're meeting each child where they are and personalizing the plans? Um, is there anything that you do to really, again, accommodate the autistic children in your programs? Absolutely. Um, autistic and, and other uh, abilities, right, different abilities, yes. Uh, we work very closely with all the adjacent school districts to um, provide services right here in-house. So we welcome speech therapists, occupational therapists, um, special education teachers, occupational therapists. Uh, so they, they come and they push in with their supports and their services right here in our program. So it's really making sure that 
I've got my finger on the pulse of what the special education departments are doing in our school district. Um, it's making sure that I know what the expectations will be once they go into kindergarten. It's advocating alongside parents who are looking to secure more supports and services, having input in those meetings, attending team meetings. So it is, it is a whole nother level of support that it's very involved, but we're happy to do it. Awesome. Was it difficult to set up that relationship with the schools or were they pretty receptive to partnering? They're very receptive, um, especially my homeschool because of their familiarity with my son, Donovan, and everything that it is that we had to uh, go through to secure those supports and services as well. And there really is a strong need, not just in our community, but, you know, globally. Um, so we're hoping that things that we're doing here uh, can start a trend, if you will. And, you know, I, I really want to note that on the topic of inclusivity, it's it's not just about children of all abilities, but it's family dynamic and it's culture. And, um, you know, we live in a very diverse community and we want to celebrate everybody for who they are. That's amazing. And one last question, and sure. this always comes from YouTube. So thank you to everybody that asked it. But for anybody that has a similar mission who is looking to open a similar business, so by that I mean a preschool mixed with open play, mixed with parties that does have a specific mission of accommodating children of all abilities, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to them? Go into it knowing that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be the most rewarding thing that you can do. Find people that you know share in your same vision and in your same passion that you can delegate, that you can really be a strong team because it does take a, a lot um, of work and sweat and tears to make sure that the commitment that you're making to impact other people's lives comes to fruition. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't wait to visit again. I know we're going to stay connected. We are so similar. Again, we have so many points of connection. This has been such an amazing visit. So I really appreciate it. And to kind of wrap up this interview, I wanted to give you a moment to talk about your book. So oh, do you want to share a little bit about that? I would love to. Thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, love Without Words um, was just an idea that I had as I had uh, a author come in and read one of his books. It was an anti-bullying type book. And I said, I have this idea for a book and never really thought that I would end up publishing it. But um, I was inspired by a conversation that I had with my daughter. Um, she asked me as a little girl, I think she was probably around four, uh, why Donovan did not say, I love you when she would say, I love you to him. And we happened to be sitting with our dog. And I said, well, you know, Makio loves you because he brings you his leash. He licks you on the face, you cuddle and Makio doesn't have any words. And it really became I'm sorry, uh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it really became an opportunity to go through some of the moments and memories that we have shared together in our family. So each one of these pictures uh, was actually a photograph that Charlotte and Donovan chose together to have them illustrated. Um, and they're all very simple things and reminders, and there's our dog. Uh, reminders that it's not about what you say, it's about what you show. And it's the time that you spend together that says, I love you. So love without words. All right. That wraps up my interview with Molly Pittman. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope you're walking away with some really practical advice and inspiration for your own business. 
So again, if you want to see the tour of Molly's space called Sweet Charlotte's in Buffalo, New York, head to the show notes. I'm going to link the video tour, and I also have this interview in video format there. All right. Have a wonderful weekend, Playmakers. I will see you right back here on Monday.